Utopia, the podcast, ideas to change the world, where we turn conversation into action. Thank you for joining. This episode is titled Third or Alternative Political Parties. The 2016 U.S. presidential election actually most likely was the most important election in the Western world to this point. To be fair, every election cycle, the sentiment is repeated that this one 2012, 2008, 1996, etc., is the most important election ever, and perhaps that's true. Maybe every election cycle the stakes get higher and higher, and the outcome is the most important above all others that came before. But for all of the reasons that 2016 was historic and different, how we got there and how the entire political apparatus has been reshaped is going to be the focus of this episode. It might not seem like it today, three quarters of the way through 2018, but the opportunity for real, measurable, positive change has never been greater. Let's rewind the clock and look at how we got to where we are today. The Democrats had their nominee selected at least 12 years prior to the 2016 election. Hillary Clinton ran against Barack Obama to be the, quote, Democratic nominee. Remember, before the real election of Democrat versus Republican, each party holds nominations within to find the best candidate to go against the other party's nominee. Well, before Obama won his first term, the media, the news, the delegates, the superdelegates, well, they had decided long before the Democratic nominee was actually selected that Hillary Clinton was going to run against whomever the Republicans ran. Let's just break down what it is I'm saying here. Not only in 2016 was it determined that Hillary would be the nominee, with the now common knowledge that the DNC interfered against Bernie, it wasn't until the night of the internal party delegate vote and coincidental primaries that Obama was, quote, allowed to be the representative. If it wasn't for roughly half of the 700 superdelegates who arbitrarily hold 15% of the nomination power, 2008 would have seen Hillary running as well. This is problem number one. Why is Hillary Clinton determined to be running for president for roughly a decade? I mean, we know she is qualified and a lifelong politician, but is the purpose of elections not to find the best person at that time, the person who the people of the country decide is the representative they want to spearhead the country? In 2008, the people decided they wanted Obama. And the party decided he had a better chance of winning than Hillary did, so they ran Obama. He won twice, did some great things, some Orwellian things, and life progressed, thankfully through the worst economic collapse in decades. In 2016, the party decided that even though Bernie was polling higher in many states than Hillary, and it really came down to delegate decision again, that Hillary had just as good of a chance of winning as Bernie. The establishment certainly wanted Hillary, seeing as she had been chosen before, and they got what they wanted, unable to see the consequences. But just remember as we move forward that if it had been up to the people, playing by the traditional assumed rules of democratic elections, it was certainly nearly 50-50 that Bernie Sanders would have been running as the Democratic nominee. The Republicans had around 20 nominees, in contrast. Senators and outsiders from the field were narrowed rather quickly, in hindsight, to something like Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump. But the difference here is that at least you had competing and differing voices. You had choice. You felt free. 
Even though, again, were any of those 20 individuals the best suited to run the country? I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. When it boiled down to choosing a nominee, the Republican Party was split. They were insulting each other. Uh, they were calling each other unt untrustworthy at best, outright liars at worst. At the end of it, when the people who vote Republican decided that they wanted Donald Trump to represent them, they got what they wanted. But prior to all of this, there was this magical time period that I've referred to before where Trump didn't announce he was running as a Republican and Bernie had yet to announce he was running as a Democrat. This is what this episode is really all about, because if we had free and fair elections, real democracy, we would have been able to see that Bernie, Hillary, Bush slash Cruz, and Trump represent four distinct positions on the political spectrum. There is overlap in interesting ways between all candidates, but you could easily sit down, write lists of positions of these candidates, and separate them into four di distinct camps. And we haven't even mentioned Gary Johnson yet. There was a time when it was a possibility that we could have had five candidates running for president representing differing segments of the population. I just listened to the recent Jordan Peterson podcast with Greg Hurwitz, and I couldn't help but ask myself the entire time it felt. Where were these thoughts in 2016 or 2012? The thoughts about campaign finance reform, admitting that gerrymandering, the process is extremely unfair, voter ID laws, and the suppression that follows them. Where was the interest in candidates that propose solutions to the problems affecting society? I relinquish just a bit of frustration here because I know the likes of Andrew Sullivan or David Frum, Cenk Uger, or the late Christopher Hitchens have been advocating along these lines for decades now, and it seems like people are just starting to listen or feel like they're discovering these ideas. The intellectual dark web has been a vibrant community for at least a decade now. There is no invitation necessary. What we saw in 2016 was an official glimpse at the fracturing of the public square. This is really only a bad thing when you presume that we have one of two choices, the lesser of two evils, and we have to pick what we're given. But it was close, as I said, very close, to having five political viewpoints represented. A far-left socialist Bernie, the center-left Hillary Clinton, center-right Bush slash Cruz, far-right Trump, and libertarian Gary Johnson. In Canada, there are four parties that have legitimate standing, the Liberals, Conservatives, New Democrats, and Greens. It is not uncommon for there to be choice in the political arena, and fracturing of the public square with choice tends to be positive. Although there are drawbacks that we could discuss, overall, a free democracy benefits from as many voices at the table, as many competing positions and points of elaboration from multiple perspectives, as well as from views from those with differing areas of expertise. You are not throwing your vote away by voting for a third, fourth, or alternative party, and you're not failing your democracy if you refuse to vote for the candidate that is put forth. There should be someone you can look to that represents you, someone that will fight for you, protect your rights, and enable you to live a free life with the opportunity to flourish. We are the government, and it is our responsibility to demand more from the political process. Politics is viewed recently from the perspective of teams or sides. You have your ideological beliefs and values, I have mine, and we vote for the party that shares those values. 
But this is changing as the spread of information and the movement of people all over the world has shown many that there just isn't one way or side or angle of looking at things. And those that I disagree with in one area, I most likely agree with in many others. We aren't against anyone. We're working together to create a viable society with those we disagree with and those we agree with. We need to share our ideas, recognize that they're not perfect, and adapt them to best suit the current conditions we live in. 2020 is fast approaching, and I can guarantee things are going to be much more interesting, different, unexpected, and perhaps chaotic than we saw in 2016. We have to see that this is the time to vote for someone different, someone who doesn't necessarily fall neatly within party lines. This is how we got Donald Trump. The Republican Party recognized this. There will be a candidate running who truly has the best interest of every American at heart, and just because they don't have millions of dollars in corporate support, or they're not wearing red or blue, doesn't mean you shouldn't vote for them. Now for the final segment, how to create utopia. I recently kind of flippantly challenged Ben Shapiro to a debate on Twitter. I don't expect a reply or anything. Uh, he is a conservative whom I readily admit that I agree with perhaps 20 to 60% of what he espouses. I'll also say that I'm not extremely familiar with many of his positions, but from what I have seen and what I've heard from him directly is that he is in the literal business of showing people how they're different or why those who disagree or hold opposing beliefs are stupid. Now that's fine. Hitchens, my hero, did that all the time. But what I see happening is because Ben is an expert in certain areas, he believes he can extrapolate his knowledge into perhaps any realm and find feasible rational answers. What he's demonstrated are that his axiomatic assumptions lead him to value certain propositions arbitrarily higher or lower than others, leading to conclusions that cannot be founded or at the very least have alternative answers potentially stronger, more rational or feasible, but that he leaves willingly unexplored. How did this, does this tie into third political parties? How does this tie into creating utopia? Well, what I've tried to do is reach across the aisle and challenge someone whom I disagree with, with respect. I recognize that there are many areas of knowledge in which this person has surpassed me. They know more about certain things, just as I do in other areas. Ben Shapiro says a lot that I disagree with strongly, but that doesn't mean I can't recognize there are areas where we agree. He could be a powerful ally. This is an analogy for the political process we are about to live through in 2019 and 2020. We need to see that even though we disagree with some points, it's worth it to engage and listen and find the value in the areas of expertise one speaks from. We need to also see that even if we disagree with the noises someone is making in most areas, there will be something that arises that we can agree with. This doesn't mean that we don't have to support people based on a single issue or we do support someone based on a single issue. Ben Shapiro is someone I disagree with, but I still like his show. I think he makes some good points, and I'll do what Mark Duplass did and had to apologize for without apologizing. I recommend you listen to Ben Shapiro, if only just to get an idea of where he's coming from and where the youthful conservative mindset is at as of 2018. There's value in seeking out those you disagree with and value in engaging, because I guarantee you will learn something. I also guarantee in the parallel universe where Ben Shapiro somehow decides to debate creating utopia, I learned something as well.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Creating Utopia. If you found it interesting, please share with a friend or on social media. Follow me on Twitter at creating underscore utopia. Make sure to ask questions, comment. I'll make every effort to reply to everyone. Stay tuned for the next podcast on Jim Carrey. <laughs>